Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and my co-host... I'm Jason Harris, filmmaker, comedian, fire starter. Oh, like the prodigy? Sometimes. All right, cool. Maybe sometimes like the Drew Barrymore 1980s. Yeah, both excellent fire starters. And sometimes just like a pyromaniac. All right, cool. Good deal. You need a fire, I'll start it. Good to know. So we finished up our season on the films of 2007. And as we did last season, we're doing a little epilogue here, looking back at what other movies we might have talked about in our various categories, because there were a few movies that came out in 2007. The people want to know, Josh. They say there are all these movies. How do you choose? What did you leave out? Why did you do it this way? Well, we're here to pull back the curtain and show you what's behind there. Amazing. So our first episode of the season was the box office champion Spider-Man 3. And we did actually like fudge that a little because Spider-Man 3 was the North American box office champion, but the worldwide box office champion was Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. The third, yeah, which we did not want to talk about and is a terrible movie and also like nearly three hours long. No, thank you. You've seen that, I assume. Maybe. I <laughs> They're all the same, aren't they? They are, yeah. It's, I, I watched them all before the last Pirates of the Caribbean came out, and they really do, especially that third one has like no, it just starts and it's got like 10 subplots and no main plot, and it just never I ends. I don't know. Is that one with Jeffrey Rush where he's like a ghost pirate or something? He's, he's in all of them, I think. There you go. They're all the same. They are. Uh, so that was that was number one worldwide, though. And uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix was number two worldwide. And that's, I think, a fine movie. But again, it's so much a like middle chapter thing. It's not really a thing to talk about on its own. Yeah, to me, you know, we look up the top 10 every uh, season. And the, the ones that stood out for me as maybe other ones would have been Ratatouille, yeah. which I like very much. And then the Simpsons movie, because that's the only movie the Simpsons ever made. Yeah, and I think that's been kind of forgotten as a movie. Yeah. Uh, Shrek the Third and Transformers were both also high on the box office list, and I'm happy not to watch or talk about yeah, either of you those You two movies. go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's not really an over that that's not an overreaction to those movies, probably. <laughs> uh, next up was so it, what's interesting is yes. for such a good movie year, and as you said, the, maybe the last great movie year. A lot of people consider they the do. top 10, a lot of garbage in there. There is a ton of garbage in there. And um, I think the greatness of this year isn't in like the biggest movies at right. the box office, right. certainly. Uh, but one place where there was a lot of greatness was in the debut feature from a notable filmmaker. I think we had a lot of discussion about this. We ended up going with Gone Baby Gone by Ben Affleck, which is a great movie, and I'm glad we talked about it. I thought it was really interesting, but there were a lot of other options. Yeah, that was a very good episode um, if I was rating it myself on how we did. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Josh, Dave, you remember how hard Josh was like, can we just do the education of Charlie Banks because I love Fred Durst? And I was like, Josh, come on, Josh. We know you're a big lip. You're rolling, rolling, rolling with Limp Bizkit. This is a film podcast. The answer is no. I'm glad you noted that down. Fred Durst, of course, still going strong with his recent <laughs> film, The Fan, starring John Travolta. Did you see that movie? No. Oh, that's too bad. But I'm sure you will because you're a big Fred Durst fan. I haven't seen mentioned. any of his movies. You ever but... see his uh, 
X-rated video? No. Why would I see? Because you love Fred Durst. That's that is, the point. That is wrong. Okay. You're accusing me of things because I like Van Hagar more than Van Halen. <laughs> That's Van, that was David so last week's episode, John. That was. Here were the ones Actually, I was, was two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we moved on already anyway. <laughs> the ones I had noted down was uh, Anton Corbin Control, which was uh, the uh, Joy Division Ian Curtis oh, movie. Yeah, that's how, I feel like yeah. Anton, has he made, what, just like one or two more movies since yeah. then? Yeah, he sticks with the music. The, yeah, the music but he's movie. good. He did the, the American with George Clooney, which I liked uh, a lot. Yeah, uh, that Control is not an easy movie to watch. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the Lookout, Scott Frank, great movie. Yes, that is a great movie. Tony Gilroy's Michael Clayton, which was maybe my favorite movie of 2007. Right. I remember that was we can get to a little later, but I know that when we were talking about your pick, that was one that you uh, were talking about yeah, possibly and, going with. And I was really close to picking it, but I love that movie. Yeah, and that's a great movie, too. This was also the year Angelina Jolie had her <laughs> debut feature, A Place in Time. I've never seen it. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I didn't realize that was uh, her first. I remember she did that. Uh, the Bos is the is that the one about the war in Bosnia? Could be. Okay. Could be, Josh. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but you're really reaching here. Uh, no, I'm not, because the last one is one that I did fight for, which was Taika Waititi's Eagle versus Shark, because he's a hot commodity right now, man. He is, and I've liked a lot of his later films, but I remember hating Eagle versus Shark, and not knowing who he was, or I think who Jermaine Clement, who's the star of that, was. I saw that at the Cine Vegas Film Festival, and I just loathed that movie. And I haven't seen it, but I do love Boy and uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People is a lot of fun. So maybe I'd like it if I came back to it. Uh, I think ones that I was pushing for a bit were Jeremy Sonier's Murder Party, which is not great. It's certainly not as good as his later films like Blue Ruin and Green Room, but I think it's an interesting start for him. Uh, and Sarah Polly's away from her, which, you know, talk about hard movies to watch. We do love Sarah Polly. Yeah, she's great. And yeah. she's gone on to lots of interesting things. So all, I mean, well, not all, Fred Durst aside. Yeah, you uh, love Fred Durst. Some good choices there. That's what we learned in this segment. Josh That's loves Fred Durst. so wrong. Uh, for our flop episode, we talked about I Know Who Killed Me. Which, Thanks for that, Josh. Yeah, which I was pushing for. And I think we had an interesting, fun talk about it, but it is a bad movie. I'm trying to wash it from my brain yeah. still. Um, I think the other main option that we talked about there was Lucky You, the Curtis Hansen film with Eric Bana and Drew Barrymore, which was all shot in our hometown of Las Vegas. And so it's kind of known here more than in general, but it was a massive failure. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um, but you tell me it's horrible and also not like interestingly horrible. So. Yeah, I didn't even think it was that horrible. Like, honestly, I didn't even watch all of it. I was doing a big piece on Las Vegas movies, and so I was just kind of researching which ones to cover. I watched maybe 45 minutes of it, and it was just flat and kind of generic as a romantic comedy. It wasn't, it's no I know who killed me in terms of quality. Hey, this is when we all thought Eric Bana was a movie star. Yeah, that was a wrong, wrong choice there. Yeah. Um, Couple other things I noted down there uh, across the universe, which has also become a cult classic, yeah. could have been in there, but was a big failure at the time and was heavily hyped because of its whole Beatles connection. That would have been a very interesting one to cover. Yeah, and that's gotten a big. I mean, it's gotten enough of a following that it had like a theatrical re-release earlier yeah. this year. Uh, and then Southland Tales, the Richard Kelly film, which was uh, also highly anticipated after Donnie Darko, and just I think that would have been interesting because I'd, I've never seen it, but it's like. A, one of those like what is going on here right yeah so. i have seen it i don't remember i think that's a, another one where it's like 
I expected it to be so insane and I was a little let down with it, but it is definitely strange. Well, I had a few others. Evan Almighty, which I'm glad we didn't do. Oh, yeah. Uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford would have been interesting. You like that movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I think we talked about that in a few categories, including maybe my pick. Yeah, and then also in your pick would have been Zodiac, which was not a uh, box office hit. It could have been here. Yeah, I Zodiac is great, and that certainly has got a great critical reputation. That was my number one, like on my top 10 list at the time in 2007. And one other movie that I liked at the time, but I wonder if I would like now, was The Brave One with Jodie Foster. Oh, yeah, I remember that being just hmm. kind of not much of anything. Yeah, so yeah, uh, who knows? But yeah, so a lot of interesting failures in 2007. So many failures, Josh. Uh, the Cannes uh, Palme d'Or winner that we talked about was the Romanian film Four Months, Three Weeks, Two Days. Other movies in competition at Cannes include uh, one that we also talked about, or two that we also talked about, actually, the No Country for Old Men and Persepolis. Uh, also in competition, Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, uh, Wong Kar Wai's My Blueberry Nights. We've talked about him in our last season. Gus Van Zandt's Paranoid Park, which I think we watched the trailer for it on a DVD that we watched for this season. Uh, and and Zodiac. So uh, quite a strong competitive year there at Cannes as well. A little, uh, little love for James Gray. We own the night. Oh, yeah. I'm not a no love for James Gray for me. He doesn't like James Gray. No, I really mm. don't. But a lot of interesting movies at Cannes. Yeah, that seems like a good festival that year. Indeed. Um, our documentary pick was The King of Kong, which I thought was a lot of fun. And that's it's sort of more of a lighthearted documentary. There were some more serious uh, social issue documentaries that made a big impact that year, including Michael Moore's Sicko and Alex Gibney's Taxi to the Dark Side, uh, which I, I remember liking that movie. Alex Gibney has gone on to make uh, 87 movies a year since yeah. then, and I think has <laughs> lost their impact. The human documentary factory. He Alex really Gibney. is. Yeah. But that was that was when he wasn't quite at that level of of being prolific. And Sicko, while dealing with a you know a serious issue, does have the humor that Michael Moore has been known for. Yeah, I think that's maybe one of his better later films. It's a little more focused than some of the other movies that he's yeah. done. Um, also, uh, Werner Herzog's Encounters at the End of the World, which I love, of Great course. Movie, yeah, so. and I think that's one of those movies that established the Werner Herzog persona yeah. when he talks about penguins wandering off into the distance. I would go to Antarctica. Yeah, he goes to Antarctica and just Werner Herzog's it up. So he does. Uh, and my kid could paint that, which I think was kind of a sensation. That was also at Sundance that year. That's a good movie. I had a few other ones on there. Crazy Love, which uh, which is that story about the guy who threw acid in the lady's face. Oh, and, yeah, that's a really good movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jackass 2.5. That's a documentary. So <laughs> I am very glad to not have watched not even a main Jackass movie, but like a spinoff Jackass movie. Did you ever see Steal a Pencil for me? That one would have been. I've never heard of that, actually. It's about I, I think it's about the Holocaust, but it's about how that this man and woman would show love by like. Well, stealing a pencil for one another. Like in a concentration camp? Yeah, I think so. Oh. So that would have been an interesting huh. one. But good good year for documentaries, as we have pointed out. Yeah, yeah. I think this was, especially with Alex Gibney kind of ramping up, was maybe one of the first years. We have so many documentaries now. There's so many places for them. And this was maybe beginning a bit of that. And as we said during the King of Kong episode, we'd love to see the... Uh, that that gentleman go back and make some more documentaries. Yeah, certainly so. better than the narrative films that he's made. Yeah. Um, 
My pick was Margot at the Wedding, the Noah Baumbach film, which I think we had an interesting chat about. Very, very emotional. Very me. emotional. Yeah. But that was also a movie I think that you encouraged me to pick when we were talking about what I might go with. I'm so glad you picked it. That was probably the most memorable for me movies uh, that we've watched this season. And we had seen a lot before, you know, that were rewatches like this one. But this one, uh, maybe I blocked it out of my mind, but uh, man, great movie. Good pick, Josh. It is a great movie and an underrated one. Um, some other movies, I we, we mentioned Zodiac multiple times now, and Zodiac is great, but I feel like it has such a reputation now that people, people know about it. The Lookout, as you said, Scott Frank's first movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which was also one of his kind of breakout performances. That movie is really, really good. Uh, and Waitress with Carrie Russell, which I watched uh, not that long ago, I think is so much fun. Um, I might have picked that as well. I'm glad you didn't pick The Education of Charlie Banks based on your love of Fred Durst. I love how you just <laughs> randomly have picked that out. And that's become the theme of this episode is <laughs> well, Fred, Fred Durst. I mean, you're sitting here with your backwards red baseball cap fitted. You, you are the white... one who is actually wearing a baseball cap at this very moment. Your white t-shirt. And I am not. All right. Uh, our foreign film was Marjan Satrapi's Persepolis, which I really like. And I, Jason was not as quite as. But into I liked it. it. I'm yeah. glad we watched it. Yeah, me too. And it was cool to do an animated film in there as well. Um, but some strong choices, especially from France, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which, as mentioned, was at Cannes. Uh, La Vie en Rose, which got Marion Cotillard an Oscar. Um, and then I know you had really been pushing for Nacho Vigalando's Time Crimes. Yeah, which I've never seen, but I know like a lot of filmmakers I love, like Ryan Johnson, like loves that movie. So I thought that would have been a cool one for us to see. Yeah. You um, don't like that movie. I don't. And it's a kind of movie that I feel like I should like. Yeah. And for the reasons that you just cited. And also I love his film Colossal with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. And so mm. after having seen that, I went back and watched Time Crimes and I just was not into it at all you it's see it dave time crimes no yeah. i've never seen time crimes and the winner i think of best foreign picture that year was the counterfeiters right yeah which is totally forgettable i never saw. um and the other one i was going to mention there is uh paul verhoven's black book with carice van houten who has since become a big star and that was his return to dutch filmmaking and is typically verhovenian in, in its explicitness a wild ride yes any other foreign films that you uh, noted from 2007? Nope. They've all, they've all been checked that's, out. The that's list. the entirety of world cinema for that year. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason, what was your pick? Well, I picked Juno, and I think we had a, just a, a really good episode about it, you know, and, and brought forth some important social issues. As we often do on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we had mentioned Michael Clayton, uh, which I love. Uh, another film that's like it, which is somehow underrated, but you should totally see is Breach. That's a great movie. Yeah, I yeah. like Breach a lot as well. Some other notable films I had, uh, The Astronaut Farmer, where you get to see Billy Bob at his uh, most uh, intensely... Uh, Billy Bobbian? Yeah, <laughs> and he's very good at that movie. Yeah, so. I like that movie a lot too. I think that's an underrated film. Eastern Promises, very good movie. Sure. There you go. Uh, I, did, I was thinking Darjeel Darjeeling Limited, which is a good... Wes Anderson movie that kind of gets lost in the uh, Wes Anderson pack. Josh hates Wes Anderson, so it's always good making him watch Wes Anderson films. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead was that uh, the last film of uh, Sidney Lumet. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. and one of the great performances by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. So that's a good one. Uh, there Will Be Blood. We all know that movie. And uh, Son of Rambo, a fun uh, British comedy that... Uh, if you're looking for a fun British comedy where kids uh, try to make their own movie, this is it. 
Yeah. Some Rambo. Yeah. So many good movies from yeah. 2007. Yeah. Uh, so for our Sundance episode, we kind of switched gears midstream there. Uh, we watched the grand jury prize winner, which is Sangre de Mi Sangre or Padre Nuestro, depending on uh, when you saw it. And it just, we did not like it and didn't think there was really anything interesting to say about it. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't good, wasn't interesting. So we actually moved my original pick, the Jason's pick, yes. once, which I still love. And uh, we moved that down because that was a world cinema winner at yeah, the, uh, Sundance it was. Film Festival that year. Um, and I think we had a very good episode on that, getting to talk to Megan Reardon. Yeah, she's great. She is. Uh, some other stuff that was at Sundance in 2007, a uh, big documentary winner was Mandabala, uh, which I remember liking a lot. It's a very stylish documentary from uh, Brazil, I believe. Um, my Kid Could Paint That, as mentioned. Um, Grace is Gone, starring John Cusack, won a bunch of awards, which mm. nobody remembers that movie. Mm. I've never seen it. Uh, Rocket Science, which I know is a favorite of yours, Jason. Hey, well, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, Superbad as a great high school coming of age movie. This is another great one, I'd say. It is, and a great breakout performance for Anna Kendrick in that yes. movie. Uh, and Teeth, the weird horror comedy about Vagina Dentata, which I think one of our Facebook uh, fans had also recommended. Yeah, uh, we didn't cover it, but that would have been interesting. That is an interesting film, yes. Away from her was there, The Nines, which is John August's movie, it was there, The Savages, and Smiley Face, which I think you Oh, yeah, I love that movie, that Anna Faris movie. Yeah. uh, Greg Araki, yes. Yeah, and then Dave's pick, The Ten. Was that actually at Sundance? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. We have no standards there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We talked about the Best Picture winner, which was No Country for Old Men. Other Best Picture nominees, uh, mostly movies we've just mentioned, Juno, Michael Clayton, There Will Be Blood, and the last one was Atonement, which is a good movie, but I feel like it's kind of a forgotten movie. I think it's a good movie, Joe Wright, and man, does that guy know how to work a camera. He does. Joe Wright, that would have been interesting to talk about his legacy, because he's had kind of a disappointing uh, recent run. Yeah. But yeah, but Atonement is just visually amazing and good performances in that movie as well. Yeah. I think was, that was a Saoirse Ronan kind of her big breakout. This yeah. was just, a, I mean, if you look at that, that's, that's really good five right there. It is. I think atonement is sort of the odd one out in that it's not, it hasn't had the same staying power, but yeah, an excellent list of films. Um, Dave's pick. Did you have anything besides the 10 that you were considering? That was the only movie you liked in 2007. I had a few other picks. Oh, okay. Um, you guys probably hated my Runner up just as much, I'm guessing. Shoot him up with Clive. Oh my Owen. god, I, I never hate, saw it. I'd that is it. the worst. That is 10 times worse than the 10. Yeah, I was gonna ask, but who, which did, who directed worse? that? I I don't know, but uh, someone who should be tried for war crimes. It's basically <laughs> like a Wiley e. Coyote come to life movie, yeah. but I mean, it, I love that movie, it's so dumb and ridiculous. Uh, a couple others, uh, well, one of our uh, audience choice potential episodes, Walk Hard, I was yeah. going to bring up. Also, The Visitor. Um, and uh, another one which I don't necessarily like, but I thought would be a fun conversation for you guys is B-Movie. B-Movie, the animated movie <laughs> yeah. with Jerry that, Seinfeld. That's basically just exists as internet memes yes. now. Hey, yeah. what is The Visitor? What movie was that? 
with uh, uh, Richard oh, Jenkins. Oh yeah, the Todd Tom McCarthy. Tom, Tom that's McCarthy. a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I still so have, I do like good movies sometimes. There you <laughs> go. There's one. Uh, I still have a uh, promotional uh, hand drum from that movie at my house. Mm. Ooh, I want that. Yeah. No, you can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> the visitor is a party, and what do you do at a party? You play your hand. Drum. It's, a, it's an important plot point in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yes. Uh, our cult classic was Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz, which is a really good movie. Um, some other, I think the main other one that we talked about there was Hot Rod, the Andy Samberg movie, which I've never seen, but does have a weirdly devoted following. It's really fun. I know your sister's a big fan. Hi, Brandy. Shout yeah, out to Brandy. She hates it. Oh, really? Uh, I think she had to see it multiple times uh, when she was working as a screening rep. Oh, well, I'm really glad we watched Hot Fuzz. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that movie is great. I would not necessarily object to seeing Hot Rod, but uh, Hot Fuzz is great. Uh, I think I was pushing a bit for uh, Bug. The Michael the Shannon, Ashley Judd freak out, which is, yeah, uh, a very interesting film. Um, and a couple of movies we mentioned already across the universe and Southland Tales both have pretty big cult followers. I had a few more on my list. Yeah. Smoke and Aces. Ugh, which which is almost a, as bad as Shoot 'em Up. But does have a big cult following. It does. Yeah. Uh, Black Snake Moan, another one. Oh, Craig yeah. Brewer. I like Black Snake Moan. And Reno 911 Miami, which, you know, again, cult following. Right. We could have continued our the state theme for this yeah, uh, season. We could, have, been happy. we could have made sure it would. three Joe Lotrulio movies. Yeah, well, yeah. The year of Lotrulio is it what really we was. Learned, yes. So. <laughs> that should have been our audience choice. Yeah. Uh, but our audience choice was Judd Apatow films. We talked about Superbad and the other votes, uh, potential votes were for Knocked Up and Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, which, as we talked about in the Superbad episode, both would have been really interesting to talk about, and it was a very close vote. Yes, we had some other concepts we were going to go with. Threequels, Shrek the Third, The Bourne Ultimatum, and Ocean's 13. That was not a great idea. No, but, and then remakes, which was Hairspray Halloween and 310 to Yuma, three very different types of films. Very different. But yeah. obviously, the Apatow, you know, movies deservedly won this category. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Apatow had such an impact that we really wanted to be able to talk about his films. Um, we had some, some, Fun Facebook suggestions uh, talking about my sister. Shout out to Brandy again. She likes Enchanted starring Amy Adams, mm. which I think is a lot of fun. That is a movie that I think is belatedly maybe getting a sequel. Um, and, and it should. It was a nice little take on Disney princess movies. She's a big, she, that, you know, she's a big star, Amy Adams. She and is I indeed. think, you know, we, most of us were introduced to her with Enchanted. And you would have been like, is she going to be a big star? Because she's good, but like that type of movie doesn't necessarily launch you. Right, you know? right. But that's just how great she is. Yeah, she's very versatile. And I think Junebug came before that. That was a big, like a serious dramatic role that she got, uh, I believe, an Oscar nomination for that. So already showing her versatility. Uh, Teeth, as mentioned, uh, Ryan Olbrich on Facebook wanted us to cover Teeth. So he's, he's a messed up dude. Um, and I think this is this guy, your friend Ian Zeitzer, who was very excited that we could cover Norbit. <laughs> yeah, I think he was trolling us, but in yes. a fun way. Yes. Ian, uh, uh, Ian Zeitzer, Ian Zeitzer, whatever you're calling yourself today. Very uh, loyal listener. We love him. We love you. We love all the listeners, of yeah, course. We love them all, but uh, uh, you know he does have a lot of good suggestions. Uh, I had a few more. My friend Michael, who doesn't spell his name the right way, uh, he wanted no country, so he got that. He wanted to cross the universe. He didn't get that. Bo. Like Michael Clayton, I don't blame him. Uh, some of Dave's buddies in uh, the Piecing It Together group 
Chad suggested the 300. Not a surprise, right? Oh, oh yeah. Chad, the Zack Snyder fanboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Siggy wanted Beowulf, which would have been interesting. That would yeah, been... that's that's a I mean, it wasn't a flop, but I feel like it was artistically a flop. Right. That was when, you know, Zemeckis is playing with all types of fun technology and like uh, maybe focus a little more on the story. Yeah, a little too much on the technology. Yeah, he's done that a lot. (laughs) Robert, Sweeney, Todd, that was not my favorite movie of that No, it's not even Mm. like one of Tim Burton's most interesting movies. And some lady named Gina, (laughs) Dave's fiance. Did she suggest the 10? The Visitor. Oh, Oh. there you go. You guys are a match. They are. Very nice. Um, I want to mention another loyal listener who likes to troll us, Jeremy Vaughn. Yeah, we love Jeremy Vaughn. We do. Yeah, I know he had some some real suggestions, including Eastern Promises that you mentioned, and The Ten, the one other person who likes The Ten. No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood. Also some interesting, odd picks, the remake of Sleuth. Uh, and I think he was the one who wanted us to cover Three Ninjas last season. And yes. he also suggested Delta Farce starring Larry the Cable Guy. You know what, Josh? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an announcement right now, Josh. Yes. I'm going to make an announcement because uh-huh. we're about to reveal our season three coming yes. up. Yes. But before season three comes out, we're going to do two uh, fun special holiday episodes that we're dropping as our gifts to ourselves because we love paying attention <laughs> to ourselves. No, but we thought there were going to be some fun holiday uh, movies. So we're picking one from 1994 and we're picking one from uh, the year of season three, which. Please stop. 1989. Yes. You know what, Jeremy Vaughn? I'm going to throw in one more bonus episode for you. If you come up with a ridiculous holiday episode. No, don't do that. From don't give either that of our three seasons, 94, 2007, or 89. But it has to be as good as Delta Farce or Three Ninjas. Three Ninjas Kickback. Not even kickback. the original Three Ninjas. Yeah. Like a Three Ninjas sequel. And Ian Zeitzer, you can help him pick it if you no, can. This is, I veto all of this, <laughs> except the fact that we are doing those Christmas episodes coming up as it is the holiday season. Uh, do we want to announce those titles? We might as well. 1994. Uh, the Ref, which we, I think, talked about in our 94 epilogue as a possible cult classic. Pick. It is. And how how do we cover Kevin Spacey? We'll find out. As a character in this film, I yes. guess is the answer. Yes. 1989, you know, there's only one choice. It's that. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I really like. And I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to all of the movies we're going to talk about in our 1989. Yeah, season. we got a, a hot season for you coming up. Uh, you know, what? one thing I like about 1989, no Fred Durst movies, Josh. So that's a good thing. But. I agree. I think that actually uh, on the schedule right now, three of the movies that we're planning to talk about are in, I think, my like top 20 favorite movies of all time. Well, we can, without revealing like, you know, our personal picks or whatnot, we can reveal some of the award winners or the, the highest. Well, you know, you can look it up. We're going to start with the box office champion, which is Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and you'll see what else we're going to do. Yeah, we have we more, give up too more much movies than just that. More movies than that. But that'll be the first one. After Christmas, we'll get to Batman. And uh, that'll be fun. So. I've never seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Have you really not? Yeah, so isn't that going to be cool? That is going to be cool. I yeah. think that is the best of the vacation movies, actually. But we'll, we'll talk all about it when we get Interesting, because I've seen the original Vacation. I've seen European Vacation. Yeah, so. and now you can see Christmas Vacation. So many vacations. So you're going in order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I like to do. All right. So tune in for those holiday episodes and our whole season 
on the films of 1989 and follow us on social media. Yeah, uh, we're at Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and on Instagram and uh, awesomemovieyear.com uh, on the dot com and on Twitter, Awesome Movie Pod. I'm Jason Harris Comedy on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Go for Jason on the web and I am at J Harris Comedy on Twitter. You can find me at joshbellhateseverything.com, on Facebook at joshbellhateseverything, and on Twitter at SignalBleed. And our producer, David Rosen, has his great Piecing It Together podcast. Which you can listen to anywhere you're listening to this great podcast, and uh, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And I just want to say again, we love uh, the interaction. We're so happy that you guys are listening and uh, contributing and giving us feedback. So Thank you to all the listeners out there. Yeah, and thank you, Dave, for awesome producing, as always. And Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Dave, the Stephen Glansberg of Awesome Movie. Thanks for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And all points west.